Well, praise the Lord and welcome, welcome, welcome to all you viewers wherever you're coming to us from. Um, could be your fish house still. Of course, if you've got your fish house on the red, you better get it off. <laughs> for, for some reason, they think we all have Facebook and they put out a warning because they're opening up the dams. And so... Um, and uh, you don't want to have your fish house out on the river when the dams get open. And so they need to lower the reservoirs. And I was, I was saying to my wife the other day, um, they haven't lowered them yet. Usually they do that in February. And then they can put the ice houses back on because everything freezes. But, um, you know, if I had one of those expensive, nice ice houses, you know, where you used to be you just sat on an ice cube you know and you fished out in the open now they got those nice ice houses you can go inside turn the heater on and you're nice and warm some guys take their tvs out there and it's just something else it's um have you ever seen those you've probably never seen the reports here about malax lake it becomes a city out there of ice houses and uh it's re it's something else to see but i'm glad they're lowering the rivers I mean the the reservoirs um, for the snow melt and so we'll just keep praising the Lord but anyway welcome and you might be coming from, seeing us from your house or wherever you're at you might be listening to me on the way to work but uh, we welcome you to new life we're located at 1021 South Center Street and we are glad that you can be with us today go ahead they're watching our little intro now I'll fly away, oh glory. Anyway. We only, okay, praise the Lord. Well, I'm starting a new series for this month. Um, I thought there was going to be four messages in it. It's only going to be three. I have to, um, I'm supposed to be in Fargo one of these Sundays. Um, Tri-City um, is having their 21st anniversary and as the district overseer, they want me to come and be with them on their anniversary, our Haitian church in Fargo. And so I'm going to, we'll have a guest speaker sometime this month. And then I'll finish up the series. So it's going to be a three-parter instead of a four-parter. And so, but it is entitled Marching to Easter. Marching to Easter. Easter's only four Sundays away. Isn't that something? Five? Well, not counting this Sunday. There's four to, which is, you got. Yeah, yeah. And so Palm Sunday would be, yeah, yeah. I know. I've got, I got it all in my notes here. I counted. I know how to count. And so, um, but we're not that far away from, when Lent started, we were five weeks away from Easter. And so, um, can you believe that? Where has the year gone by? Right? We're in March already. And now we're marching to Easter. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, the greatest holiday on the church calendar is Easter. Why? Because that's resurrection. Why? Because it follows after the greatest day for us Christians when Jesus died on the cross for us, Good Friday. And um, he, he passed away on Passover, 
Um, he was the Passover lamb. And so because of his blood that's been, we've been washed in, when God sees us, he sees us as his children and we are saved. Isn't that awesome? But you must accept Jesus into your heart. But this message for marching to Easter is entitled, Take Up Your Cross. Take up your cross. Matthew 10, 38 says, Jesus says this, He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for being in our presence today. Lord, I thank you that I'll hide behind the cross so that everyone can see you instead of me. And Lord, I thank you for your anointing. Lord, allow me, to, only let me say the words you would have me to say, Lord. And Lord, I thank you that you allow me to fill this pulpit to bring the mighty word of God. Lord, help us to reach this community for Christ. Lord, we know there's hungry people out there searching for a church that preaches the word. Lord, help us to find them, and Lord, move upon them by your Holy Spirit to find us. Lord, we know that you've been getting us ready for this. And bring revival to new life, Lord. Lord, we want to serve you. And Lord, I believe we're on the verge of a breakthrough. Help us, Lord, to keep marching to it. We praise you. We glorify you, Lord. Lord, help us to put you first in our lives. And help us to always daily take up our cross and follow you. We praise you in Jesus' name. I want you to think about something. Jesus never said, take up your cross and be nailed to it. Jesus did the work. All we need to do is bear our own cross. Jesus went to the cross, was nailed to the cross. He did the work for us. All he wants us to do is pick up our cross and follow him. And, and, and when we're talking about the cross, it is his word to us. It is that work that he did for us. It is our faith to believe in what Jesus did for us. Being worthy of Jesus. Jesus, that's a big thing there in that verse, is it not? And he who does not take, a, take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. That should bother us. That one phrase, worthy of me, should bother us. Think about that for a moment. Do you want to be worthy of Jesus? Last week I preached about let us not be stiff-necked. <laughs> Do we sometimes get stiff-necked? Oh, yeah. Hey, let's spend some time in prayer and then we can't spend time in prayer for whatever reason. <clears throat> Our ADHD kicks in. We have to stand up, <clears throat> which causes us to drop something, which distracts the other person. And then we have to go marching, and so we're going to Zion. <clears throat> Not even tiptoeing. 
And then because our ADHD has kicked in, we see somebody and it's like the dog saying, oh, look, squirrel. <laughs> and while they are praying, we stop and we start talking to them. <coughs> Which in turn disturbs everybody. And the person who's getting talked to, I don't know if they're ADHD, they should just say, not now, I'm praying. Wait a minute. As soon as I'm done praying, I'll be happy to talk to you. That's what I was talking about last week, being stiff-necked. Or come to the altar. Come to the altar. I don't want anybody to see me walk down there. What difference does it make in our crowd? But I don't care if we were in a crowd of 5,000. But you know what? I'll tell you what. Sometimes it's easier to do things in a crowd of 5,000 than in our crowd. If we are not willing to do it in our crowd, would God ever bless us to do it in a bigger crowd? Now, here, here's another one. Oh, because of our crowd. I don't need to preach that great. I can just go ahead and rush through, be done, go home. Mm -mm, no. Do you know I have to actually preach better to this crowd than I do of a packed house. But because of you had me have so much practice at preaching to our crowd that when I was at camp meeting, <laughs> I've never seen heads turned towards the front as much as by giving my little devotion. Because I've gotten so much practice preaching so well to you that it was easy in front of my former state bishop and head of world missions. Then sometimes when I step into the desk here to preach to you, you see, I've got to preach better here now. And we can't be stiff-necked. And, and it's best to come to the altars now. Do we want to... See, the idea is, and I'll get back to the sermon in a second, because we're talking about being worthy of Jesus. Do we want revival to come? Now, here's the thing that's been prophesied for years. And I, don't, and I have always said, why does it have to hinge on new life? For years. It's been prophesied in the other churches that revival won't come to Wapit until it comes here first. Maybe it's because we've had great revivals in the past. Our church started out of revival. The revival of the Word of God in this community. Bringing the Word of God here and the Holy Spirit moving in this community. Did you know that? I don't know what's going to happen to two of the churches. Two of the churches are going through a divorce right now in our community. I don't know which... How I know which one way one of the churches is going. I don't know what the other way the other church is going yet. But I'll tell you what, we're going to stand for the Word of God. We're not going to go woke. 
We're going we're gonna to say that we're going to keep believing that the whole Word of God is the Word of God and whatever God says goes. And so depending on what happens, we might be advertising for a while, hey, we're the Wesleyan church in town, get over here. Because there's going to be some Wesleyan folks. Because traditionally, we are the other Wesleyan church. And we're the oldest Pentecostal church in Wapiton and Breckenridge. And our fellowship is the oldest Pentecostal fellowship in the United States. Why is that important? Why are you bragging about that? Well, you know what I found out by that report that I was given? That's important to people in Wapton and Breckenridge. Do you got a history to stand on? Yeah. Isn't that weird? But that's important. And this is talking to millennials and even Zers. They want to know that we have a track record. They want to know, do we believe in this? And then I found out our music that we like to sing is right in the wheelhouse in our community. The only thing I don't have is a live band. I want to have a live band. Man, I want to, I want to get this piano dancing up here. I'm just talking about it being played. <laughs> don't, don't think I'm actually going to be like it's a cartoon and it's going to be doing the jig up here. I'm talking about, I, I would love to, and we got drums that we can bring down and set up. Get a bass player, some guitar players. Oh, praise God. Wouldn't that be awesome? And here's the other thing we got to start praying about. The Zers, the upcoming Zers, they're a huge part of our population. They outnumber the old folks. We need a lot of ministry to the kids and the teenagers. And that's something I'm praying about. I talked with our regional bishop about that. God's got to help us. And I need a real youth pastor who's going to put ministry first. And actually teach the Bible. That's being worthy of Jesus. But let's talk more about being worthy of Jesus. Total faith in the cross. That's Jesus' redemptive work, you know. Total faith in the cross. To the exclusion of everything else. Makes us worthy of Jesus. We take up our cross because he laid down his life on his cross so that we can be saved. Get it? Is that making sense? We can only follow Jesus by way of the cross. It is the focal point of our salvation and the resurrection is the proof of it. We're in that season. Why are you stressing the cross so much? Because it's been de-stressed in America. And you know what? People are hungry for the cross. 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do you think they've forgotten about who Jesus is? Because they don't even know what Jesus did. He's just our big buddy in the sky. No, no, no. He paid a price so that we could live. He paid a price so we could be set free. He paid a price so we could be healed. Oh, wait a second. They don't preach about that anymore. And then for some reason, churches were telling the Holy Spirit, you can come and visit us, but just go over there and sit down because we don't need your Holy Spirit stuff going on in the church because it can be embarrassing. Excuse me? <laughs> did, did those kids at Asbury College where the Spirit was allowed to move, was there anything about that gathering embarrassing? No. But somebody might start dancing in the Spirit because they got excited about Jesus. Somebody might hit their knees up on the platform because the Spirit of God is touching their life. Oh no, somebody might start speaking in tongues in the service and, and somebody will interpret it. That's church. That's Ben church. That's, that's the book of Acts church. If we would just get back to that church, Oh, my word. We'll see miracles happen. You might not need surgery. kind of thing is happening. <laughs> when Jesus says, it's not worthy, is not worthy of me, he is saying, it's not worthy of the blessings. Uh-oh. We need his blessings, don't we? We need those blessings afforded by the victory of the cross. So, so if you okay, okay, if you've been feeling like you haven't been blessed lately, maybe it's time to hit your knees at the altar and say, "Lord, what have I not been doing?" And here, here, if you were if you were alone doing your devotions and you came across this verse right here, you might stop and pray, saying, "Lord, I want to be worthy of you." Lord, what am I doing that's not causing me to be worthy of you? Help me, help me, Lord. Remove it from my life so I can be worthy of you. And what if I'm not doing something to be worthy of you? Show me what I'm supposed to be doing so I can be worthy of you. That's what it's talking. And then you will be blessed. You see, when you're, when you're doing what God wants you to do, you're going to get blessed. Doesn't that make you excited about following Jesus? Come on. <sighs> Too many of us are sad sacks. Droopy dogs. Remember Droopy Dog? <laughs> Some of you look at me like, who's Droopy Dog? Well, he was the happiest dog in, in the cartoons, wasn't he? I'm so happy. I guess. <laughs> Come on. Jesus needs to come first in our life. Let's back up to verse 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. 
Whoa. <laughs> Verse 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Mm. We're working on investigating lighting so that you can see that better up there. And then we don't have to change the lighting that we've been looking at is cheaper than the new projector. <laughs> Do you not think that I came to bring peace on earth? I did not come bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. That one is not fun. <laughs> I lived that for a while. Um, <laughs> and a man's enemies will be those of his own household, it says. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy, there's again that phrase, is not worthy of me, and he who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Let me tell you something. Jesus has to be first in your life because when he's first in your life, everything else will be correct in your life. Christ must be come first in all things. And here's the second time we see Jesus use the phrase, is not worthy of me. That is worthy to receive what I did for you, what he did for you and me at the cross. Hmm. Now Jesus is, let me, this is not a contradiction. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And he does bring peace to our lives when we are saved. Peace in knowing we have hope. Peace knowing that Christ will be with us no matter what we go through. Peace because our sins are forgiven. But Jesus said, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Again, this is not a contradiction. Jesus is pointing to the fact that our Christian walk will not be easy. Remember the old country song? I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose garden along with the sunshine. There's got to be a little rain sometime, right? Now my bishop is thinking, I always thought of singing that song in a sermon too, but I've never thought of doing it. Why not? It's an illustration. Yeah. Jesus knows our faith will put us at odds with those outside of our faith. Come on. Right? Haven't you run into those people? Jesus knew that our faith will put us at odds with those outside of our faith. Well, I don't understand. They won't let so-and-so come to church with me. Jesus knew that your faith would put you at odds with all those outside of our faith, those who are truly Christian or not. There you go. 
That's why I, he says, I didn't bring, come to bring peace, I came to bring the sword, because those who are outside of our faith, we will be at odds with at times. If you don't believe me, just post something about Jesus on the internet once, on Facebook. <laughs> and you will meet people you don't even know. Who in the world are you? And why should I care about your opinion? I was talking to my friends who agree that we have mutual respect for Jesus. And I'm just telling you how Jesus touched my life. Who are you to tell me that why am I believing in that sky God that doesn't exist? Uh, now, now some of you know who I'm talking about because you run into him all the time on Facebook from Fargo. Yeah, he, he does exist. He's, this guy does exist. I'm not going to treat him like he treats. And I'm always trying to be respectful engage, and try to engage respectfully. But with him, I just ignore now. I'm like Dora. Just keep scrolling, just keep scrolling, right? Uh, uh, you know, sometimes we've got to be like a duck and let the water just fall off our backs. Don't respond to them. They're going to be nasty anyway. But they could be nasty to a grandma. It, why do you expect them to be nice to you? Let it go. You know who you are in Jesus, right? You know that Jesus loves you. Don't let some weird look, don't let some dumb thing that comes out of somebody's mouth hurt your heart. And I'm not talking about sticks and stones, things break my bones, but names will never hurt me. We don't live in those days anymore, right? If you know who you are in Jesus, you just say, thank you, Lord, you're protecting my heart. Thank you, Lord, you're protecting me. Thank you, Lord, I know that's not true, what they just said. I know who you are, Jesus, and I know who you are in me, and I know what you're doing in my life. Don't let them, don't let them hurt you. See, Satan wants them to hurt you. Right? Those hurtful things, even if it comes from a fellow Christian, sometimes fellow Christians, their eye teeth aren't looking out. And it just comes out of their mouths. They think they're being funny and they're not. Right? But if you know who you are in Christ, and you know He loves you, that's all that matters. Because Jesus knew we were going to be put at odds because of our faith. Come on. And the hardest people we will face unfortunately, will be our own families. Hmm. Hmm. It's the truth. Hmm. We, we, got some, we got a lady that we pray for on our prayer chain most of the time. The reason why she's not in church with us is because she has a family member that makes her life miserable when she wants to go to church at the unapproved church. How would you like that? It happens, doesn't it? And it's sad. But Jesus knew that the hardest people we would face is our own family members. 
But Jesus is not only, speaks not only of immediate family, but at times of one's church family. He's just letting us know it's going to happen. But he loves us anyway. And we just need to walk worthy of him. Here's our hope. Even though conflict is raging, we have hope. And because of that hope, we have peace in our lives while we go through the storm because the Prince of Peace dwells in our hearts. Now you see why it's not a contradiction. You got the Prince of Peace living in you, and even though you're going through the storm. <laughs> Jesus says to the boys, let's go to the other side, right? <laughs> they're rowing, and they get to sail up, and they're going along to see a Galilee. What's Jesus do? Oh, boys, I'm tired. I'm going to go into the bow of the boat and stretch out here and get a nap while we... I'm going to go to sleep while you guys get us across the, the lake here. So Jesus goes to sleep. He's already told them, we're going to the other side. I know we're getting there. We're going to be okay. And halfway across the voyage, what happens? A storm rages around them. Oh, Jesus, we're going to die! Isn't that what the story says? Jesus, wake up! How can you sleep? We're going to perish. We're bailing as fast as we can. How can you be sleeping in the boat? Because I said we're going to get over to the other side. <laughs> Guys, don't you get it yet? Nope. He stands up. He says, you guys have little faith. Now, these are his best friends. You guys, how much longer am I going to be with you and you still don't get it? So what does Jesus do? He stretches out his hands. He says, peace be still. The storm stops. The sea becomes like glass. Everything is quiet. And the guys are amazed. Who is this guy? I've been <laughs> They'll figure it out eventually. Who do they say I am? Right? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But even while the storm... Now, there was a second time that happened. Jesus says, I need to go up on that mountaintop and get alone and just pray. I am worn out. I need to get alone with my Father and pray. But I want you guys to get in the boat, go across the sea, get to the other side. Right? And I'll meet you there. He didn't tell them how he's getting there. They didn't have planes or helicopters back then. He says, but I'll meet you on the other side. Okay. Master says we're supposed to go to the other side, so they get in the boat, they go sailing away. Jesus is up on the mountain praying. Storm comes up, and the sea is tossing them, and the wind is blowing, and the water's coming over the edge of the boat. They're not panicked this time. Jesus says we're getting to the other side, so let's continue on the voyage. We're going to get there. Because Jesus said, because you know what they started doing? They looked past the storm to see the sun. And who did they see walking on the water? Jesus said, I'm going to meet you there. He took the shortcut. He didn't go around the sea, did he? He didn't go around the sea. Lake. What did he do? He starts walking on the water. How can he walk on the water? Well, he's Jesus. He can do whatever he wants. If you're God, you can do whatever you want. Amen. Somebody once asked, what does a dragon eat? 
whatever it wants. I say dragon, I could use lion or anything, but dragon's just ridiculous, right? But Jesus could do whatever he wants, and he walked on the water towards them. They looked past the storm, and they saw the sun. Now, at first, they weren't sure who it was, but when they finally recognized it was Jesus, Peter says, can I come out there and join you? Sure, Peter, come on! I, did you ever wonder why the rest of them didn't ask? We always pick on Peter for his foot in his mouth all the time. But Peter wanted to walk on water. Got out of the boat. And he really didn't walk on water. Peter, Jesus was walking on the water. Peter was walking on faith. See? This is, that's the trick. We walk by faith, not by sight. <laughs> Thomas came and said, Unless I see Jesus, the wounds in his side and the holes in his hands, I won't believe. And Jesus walks into the room and Thomas falls on his knees. And he says, I want, unless I can put my hand in his side and my fingers in his, the holes, I, I won't believe. He said all that stuff. And when Jesus walked into the room, Thomas never put his fingers in the hole. Thomas never put his hand in the wound in his side. Thomas fell on his knees, and he was the first of all the disciples to say, my Lord and my God. But then Jesus said, Thomas, blessed are those who haven't seen, talking about us, but have believed. Greater is our blessing than Thomas's. Thomas went to India and he was full of poison darts before they got done killing him. Put him against the wall and they threw darts at him. Because he couldn't help but tell others about his Savior. Finding Finding your life in Jesus and the cross. Verse 39. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. You have a choice. Either accept what Jesus did on the cross for you or reject it. That's what he's talking about here. The person who refuses the cross loses their life. The person who places their life into Jesus, which is done by the cross, will find life eternal. So how do you lose your life? You end up in hell for eternity. And it's not a party down there. It's the worst place to ever go. I like what T.D. Jake said. I can relate. I don't want to go to hell because there's no air conditioning. I don't care if it's a dry heat. <laughs> it's not comfortable. The other thing is, hell doesn't have any exits. You can't leave. It's not going to be fun. Heaven's the place where it's going to be fun. My word. Put your trust in Jesus. 
I'm going to conclude with Romans 6, 3 through 5. Romans 6, chapter, I mean, verse 3 says, Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. When Christ died on the cross, in the mind of God the Father, we died with him. Did you know that? In other words, we, he became our substitute and our identification with him in his death gives us all the benefits for which he died. And the idea is that he did it all for us. Get it? In the Father's eyes, we identify with Christ. Not only did we die with him, we were buried with him as well. Which means that all sins, listen, all your sins, all your transgressions of the past were buried with him. And when they put Jesus in the tomb, they put all our sins in the tomb as well. (laughs) But here's the good part. When we, we died with him, we were buried with him, and in his resurrection was our resurrection to the newness of life. But when he rose, our sins didn't come out of the tomb with him. He left them buried there. You were raised to newness of life. Finally, Paul proclaims the cross as the instrument through which blessings come. Consequently, the cross, Jesus, must ever be the object of our faith, which gives the Holy Spirit latitude to work within our lives. You see, if the cross, Jesus' work there, becomes the focus of our faith, we won't have to do works to be sanctified. We won't have to do works to be holy. Why? Because when the cross becomes our focal point, we will behave holy. We will work every day with the Holy Spirit, letting the Holy Spirit have latitude in our lives and we'll be sanctified more and more each day until we get to heaven and stand behind, before him. Too many people think they have to do all these good works to get to heaven. It's not true. All you need to do is put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for you at the cross. And if you keep him as your focal point, everything else is going to work out. You know that sin that you've been struggling with that you don't talk about? That bothers you? 
Why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things that I want to do? You know that one? Paul struggled with that too. But when he kept Christ as his focal point, the Holy Spirit had latitude to work in his life to take care of it because we cannot do anything in our own strength. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Isn't that good? That's pretty good preaching. You can tell me that how. Lord, forgive me for being prideful. We can have the likeness of his resurrection, of Jesus' resurrection. Live this resurrected life only as long as we understand the likeness of his death, which refers to the cross as the means by which all of this was done. So let us, and that, those final notes were taken from my expositor study Bible. I had, a, I had to bring them out so that they made more sense for us, but I have to give credit to the one who wrote all those notes. I don't like, I don't like borrowing other people's stuff without giving them credit. Oh, let us pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that we can be found worthy. Mm. That phrase, not worthy of me. You said it twice. I'm glad you didn't say it a third time in that passage. Lord, we want to be found worthy. We want to walk in the Spirit. We want to live in the newness of life. And we thank you, Lord, that when you set us free, we were set free indeed. And that you gave us a life that we could have abundance in. Abundance of you, Jesus. Thank you for this message today. And I pray, Lord, that we would just surrender all to you and you would always be first in our life. Because if you're first in our life, everything else will be right. When we make you first in our life, we won't be selfish. When we make you first in our lives, we'll think of others. When we put you first in our lives, Lord, we won't be, we, it'd be so hard not to be able to talk to others about you. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And if you haven't asked Jesus into your heart, it's very simple to know Jesus as your Savior. If you'd like to know Jesus as your Savior, just pray this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. <laughs> Make me yours because I want you to be mine. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And I believe you rose from the dead. Lord, I'm going to serve you the rest of my life and into eternity. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
Now, now that's not a magic prayer that you just prayed, but if you believed with that prayer, if you believed in the one you just prayed to, Jesus, with all of your heart, you're saved. It's not saying those words. I could have... It's believing in the one you just prayed to. Welcome to the family of God. And if you ask Jesus into your heart today, would you just go on... If you're on Facebook, can you just hit the heart button? Just so that we... I want to know that you got saved and it would be your way of letting me know and I'll be praying for you. And if you're on YouTube, just hit the thumbs up. And uh, same reason. Because we want to be in prayer with you. And then get yourself a Bible. You can go to Walmart. They're not that expensive at Walmart. Get yourself a good Bible. Start reading the book of John. It's, a, it's the fourth book in the New Testament. Read that through first. And welcome to the family of God. We're so glad that you've made that choice. And for the rest of you, I'm going to let you go. I want to say hi to all of our friends in the Philippines, Kenya, Canada, and Jamaica. That's where we're being viewed now. Um, at least that's what Facebook told me. And so, um, and then all of our friends around Wapit and Breckenridge and other parts of the country. And so we are so glad that you tune in each and every day and every week. Um, and we enjoy that. Um, what do I mean? I have coffee break on Monday through Friday. So um, praise the Lord. Well, I will see you next time. Remember, we're located at 1021 South Center Street. We'll see you soon.